What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode. I'm really grateful you're here and I'm excited to share today's episode. This is for you if you have ever found encouragement from a popular coach or a successful or inspiring person like Tony Robbins or even Oprah. I'm totally one of those people. I would post all of these really encouraging, inspirational quotes on my Instagram when I had the Islita account. It's still there because of all the pictures I have of my daughter. But, you know, I was on that wave where I found encouragement in the Bible plus, you know, and that's really a dangerous place to find encouragement because there are a lot of really subtle deceptions that you might believe to be truth. And I want to dive into three pieces of unbiblical advice that popular coaches or successful, inspiring people offer and some verses to help you sharpen your discernment so that you're not falling victim to believing lies. So I hope that you'll join me. Grab your Bible, grab a pen. I think it's going to be helpful to have a highlighter, maybe some tabs where you can come back to these verses in the Word. And if you don't have your Bible, you don't have any tools with you, maybe you're driving or doing something else, it's all good. Head to herrenewstrength.com forward slash podcast and you can click on the show notes to get all the details. Let's do it. You're now listening to Her Renewed Strength, the podcast, a place where you, my sisters in Christ, are encouraged to walk by faith and equipped to live well, steward well, and set your minds on eternity. I'm your host, Erica Diaz Castro, your Jesus-loving Puerto Rican life coach. If you're tired of living a life burdened by anxiety, burnout, or overwhelm, if you're ready to do more of what you love, create more space for the things and people that matter most, and better steward the gifts and resources God graced you with, if you want coaching, encouragement, fellowship, and just a friend to help you shift your perspective from the temporal to the eternal, you're in the right place. Grab a coffee, journal, and a pen. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to the party, and let's dig into today's episode. So I want to give you a quick little background on me as a life coach, because how I do coaching now and how I really meet you where you are now is very different than how I was number one trained to do it and also how I did it for several years. I became a life coach formally in 2016. I did a three-day intensive in-person training in Brooklyn, and it was by this woman who was leading it. Um, she created the certification, and she had studied under Tony Robbins, so she was one of his pupils. And if you know who Tony Robbins is, or if you don't, he's basically this like business and life coach, probably one of if not the most famous in the world. He's been on a bunch of shows and he is just like a really popular dude, very successful in the world. And um, she was teaching a lot of things. I remember learning some of this and remembering it was like really heavy in psychology. She had referenced Carl Jung a lot and she was, you know, kind of pulling in a lot of different tools and resources and sharing a lot of very Eastern religion type pieces of information. A lot of like Buddhism mixed with Hinduism mixed with every type of ism, right? 
at the time I would consider myself having been a baby Christian. So I had only started reading the Bible in its entirety the year before. And so I did the Bible in a year in 2015. 2016, I started to study a little more in depth and I was following along with the late Pastor Chuck Smith's teachings of scripture and he would go line by line. At this point, it was June. It was right before we moved to California. There was a lot of things happening and I was already a personal trainer for several years. I had clients and I saw that my clients had a need, right? And there was this like underlying issue that most of my clients had, and it had nothing to do with the need to like move their body or lose weight. It was something else. And so this training that I, that I went through incorporated a lot of psychology, a lot of what I now understand to be like new age practices and ideologies, a lot of law of attraction, a lot of things that are not biblical. And it wasn't until down the road that I realized that because I started reading my Bible. I remember thinking like, my Bible, like the word doesn't say this about how I handle things with clients. Like I was telling, you know, I had people doing vision boards and all these things, you know, talking about speaking things into existence and thinking positive, loving themselves and all these things, right? Follow your heart, a bunch of, a bunch of nonsense. And I say nonsense, I'm going to explain why it's nonsense. I'm not trying to bash anybody who like, you know, subscribe to those beliefs, but they're not biblical. And that's the purpose of this episode is to share that these really popular pieces of advice are not found in scripture. And when you compare the things that you're subscribing to and believing to be true to what the word of God says, you quickly find that there are a lot of errors in that line of thinking. I don't know about you, but I was out there posting all the inspirational quotes and trying to sound encouraging to everybody without really speaking to anybody in particular. My posts had quite a bit of engagement. I had built a little bit of a following, nothing crazy, but I had built a little bit of a following because people were enjoying what I was putting out. And that kind of tells you something like, the gospel is not popular. So if what you're sharing is resonating with a lot of people, especially people who are not Christian and who actually reject God in some way, shape or form, then you have to ask yourself, are you actually sharing something that is rooted in truth? Or are you sharing something? Are you subscribing to an ideology that is actually rooted in false ideas that the world likes? but is, again, contrary to what scripture says. So I'm going to share three of the most common unbiblical pieces of advice that popular coaches offer. And you might be, maybe you're a leader in your space. Maybe you have friends who you have encouraged in the past. Maybe you have even received encouragement in this form. And listening to me say that what, you know, these pieces of advice are unbiblical might be triggering to you. So if that is the case, I just hope that you would stop and pray and ask the Lord to show you and to reveal to you where the faultiness is in your thinking. And if there's anything that you need to submit to him and give him, um, give over to him, that he would search your heart, that he would help you to see where you are not living or thinking or whatever it is in a way that aligns with 
how we are called to live and think and be as Christians. So number one, I know you've heard this, (laughs) follow your heart. I'll just tell you off the bat, this is one of those that I had a hard time giving up because I thought it it sounded really beautiful and encouraging. And I also subscribed at the time, like for a while, it's not until in the last couple of years that I have unsubscribed from this belief, but it's this belief of following your heart is a very postmodern idea. Um, relativism is very prominent in today's culture. A lot of people think that what's right for you is not what's right for someone else. And that's okay because of this very subjective type of truth that exists. There is no objective truth in today's culture. And so following your heart really lends to that belief system that your truth is your truth and someone else's truth is their truth. It also positions you as the expert on your life and on yourself because who knows you better than you? But God knows you better than you. So that's something that we need to remember. Now, I found a a piece of advice from Martha Beck, who is Oprah's life coach. And she said, once you trust yourself, you can trust everyone. Nah, that's not accurate. Once you trust yourself, you start to do things that are wishy-washy, like the Bible says. I I know that, I believe it's in Matthew. I want to say the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about how in when you do follow your heart, right? Like when you do things based on your own understanding, you kind of go back and forth. Like you're just wishy-washy. And that's the problem is that our hearts are not a good guide. In fact, The scripture I want to point you to is Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Now, that sounds kind of harsh, but it's very true. And when you consider the fact, the objective truth, that we are inherently sinful and that is the reason Jesus needed to come, to earth so that he could die in our place to allow our sins to be forgiven and join us to the father in heaven then you can remember very properly that it's true like if we just follow what we want to do we are going to lead ourselves into a whole pile of poop so i'm gonna move on from that but do not follow your heart Remember that your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And that is why we need a savior. And that is why we need to constantly, every day, pick up our cross and deny ourselves and die to ourselves so that we can follow Jesus, right? Like salvation comes, it came at a cost. Jesus already paid the price. Now, when we choose to follow Christ, we choose to sacrifice our own flesh and what our flesh wants. Your heart is not the way to go. Number two, Oprah said, love yourself no matter what. She's not the first or the last person to say that, but this is like on, I think it was E! Online that I had seen it. Um, She basically gives like her top five pieces of advice and number three or something like that was love yourself no matter what 
Let me just share a passage from 2 Timothy. If you have your Bible, open up to 2 Timothy and go to chapter 3. And I'm going to read the first seven verses. It'll go fast, I promise. The title in the ESV of this little section is called Godlessness in the Last Days. All right. And remember that right now we're talking about loving yourself no matter what. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Yo, if that's not a punch in the head, I don't know what is. Sometimes I am tempted to think that what I think is good is actually good. And so the first thing I want to say is that loving yourself no matter what on its own, like as a standalone statement, sounds encouraging to a lot of people because the presupposition that's based on is that you don't love yourself when you fill in the blank. Maybe it's sacrifice for others, put others before you, whatever it is that people think. Because you're not feeding yourself, because you're self-critical, you're critical of your body, you compare yourself to others, you're not giving yourself credit, you don't rest enough, you don't know how to say no. All these things, right? All these things that are not rooted in lack of love for self, but rather rooted in sin, okay? And there's a plethora of that those sins that we can get into, but I'm, for the sake of time, I'm not going to do that right now. Okay, quick break. Here is a short message from our sponsor slash podcast producer. Have you been dreaming of launching your own podcast, but you don't know how and where to start? It's too much. It's overwhelming. Trust me, I get it. Let George Joy Podcast Production and Management Services help you effortlessly launch, syndicate, and grow your podcast. Message Jorah's Joy at facebook.com forward slash Jorah's Joy. And guess what? The link is in the show notes. All right, back to the show. What I will say, number two, is that when you love yourself, when you are considering what scripture says, people will be lovers of self, and then it skips down, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. A lot of people I've seen share that love yourself message, including Oprah, believe in the universe, essentially do a lot of good, right? Like they um, are kind to others. They are doing whatever it is that they think makes a good person, but they don't give glory to God. And that's the problem. If we are not living in a way that gives glory to God, 
then all the things you do mean nothing because all you're doing is living a life of moralism and moralism is not equivalent to a life where you are saved. Your salvation doesn't come from good deeds. It comes from faith in Jesus Christ alone. So loving yourself no matter what is really just you positioning yourself to justify maybe being more selfish or doing more indulgent things, lacking self-control, not loving good, which I want to just pause right there. That was verse three, where it said, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good. When that verse includes not loving good, it means good according to God. So God is good, not according to our standards, but according to his own. And it's really important that we remember that we can't impose our moral beliefs of what is good onto God. Because again, we are sinners. God is holy. We are not. And if you are considering that what you think is good is more good than what God thinks is good, then you're getting it really twisted and you have a, a different God in mind. So loving yourself no matter what, I know it sounds encouraging. It sounds even like, you know, it's definitely like self-helpy, right? It's not biblical. The Bible doesn't say to love yourself. It actually says to love God and love others. The last one. I have a quote from Tony Robbins, but I'll I'll give you the overarching theme. The quote is create your vision. And this is like top seven pieces of advice from Tony Robbins. The top five, I can't remember where I pulled it from. But basically, he says to create your vision. Another word or another phrase for that is create the life you want to live. What else? Manifesting, essentially, right? Like law of attraction, right? If you see it, you can bring it to life, that kind of thing. It's not biblical, all right? I'll give you two verses and I'll talk about this a little more because this was one of the things that I got a lot of training in when I was getting my life coaching certification. And it is one of the things that I have really had to um, undo through a lot of study of the word. And every time I think that I have rid myself or that the Lord has rid me of this belief. I find myself still kind of coming back to like subtleties that are rooted in that false belief. So creating your vision or creating a life that you love or, you know, if you see it, you can have it, that kind of thing. It's not rooted in scripture. In fact, scripture says the opposite. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 says many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The second verse I'm going to point you to is a quote from the Gospel of Luke, and this is Jesus speaking. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Why is this important? Why, first of all, why is creating your vision encouraging. It's encouraging because people want to be able to feel confident that they are capable 
of reaching the goals they set for themselves, it's also encouraging to a lot of people because it gives you back the power as if that was a good thing. One of the things I have cautioned against in the past, in past episodes, is that anxiety can be rooted in your desire to control the outcome of something. And that is really fed by your lack of trust in the Lord and his sovereignty. So when you think about this, this quote from Jesus himself, he said, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. So he's praying that God would do away with this, with what he was about to go through, right? Because he was going to go through the crucifixion and many other horrible things that he went through. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So I want to harp on this a little bit because it's not wrong to pray for something in particular, but it is wrong to want that thing more than you want God's will to be done in your life. Number one, because your desires are coming from your heart, right? And your heart is desperately sick. And number two, you have to trust them. Like that's what faith is, is trusting in God. When I was sitting with this, a couple things came to mind. Number one, vision boarding. And I'm not going to tell you if that's right or wrong, but I am going to ask you to consider what you're trying to do when you're creating a vision board. And I ask that you pray about that. So ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you whether or not that's something that is at odds with, with the Lord. Number two, the whole um, like creating your best life kind of thing. I've seen it on Instagram, right? Create the life you want to live. And it again, gives you the power as if you actually have it. And there's a battle, right? Of spiritual forces over our souls. So if you see things that are not aligned with what God says is good happening in your life, but they're desires of your heart, I would caution against you celebrating those things and making them um, something that you're thanking God for, because chances are, if, if it's something that God condemns, it's not blessed by God. So who else would be able to do that for you? Satan. I also want to ask you to really be careful about what it is that you're asking for, because sometimes we think that the best thing for us would be the best thing overall, but God's kingdom ultimately is going to be glorified. And that happens a lot of times through suffering. So I know I'm going a little off topic here because I'm going down a rabbit hole of other things, but I just want to caution you against trying to control the outcome of things and setting all these plans in place at the expense of you not surrendering to God's purpose, which will always prevail. All right. So I gave you a lot. I'm going to end with just a few reminders. Number one, it's very important to get into the word. And to continue sharpening that sword, study, study, study the word. Look up what words mean. Look up different translations. You know, get with a friend. Talk about what you took from scripture. Look at the background of what was happening culturally at that time and try to get the true context of what was going on in the the culture at that time so that you can better understand what that verse really means. Because when you try to insert yourself into the Bible as like the hero or the person, like if you're the David every time that you're reading the Psalms, like that might not be accurate. You know, you want to get what God is essentially intending 
for you. And so I want to encourage you to make sure that you are sharpening that sword, meaning studying the word. Okay, get into the word, read it, yes, and study it. Number two, search scripture and compare what you're hearing from the world to the word of God. And I have um, just a quick reference here. This is in Acts chapter 17. The little area where this is found is titled, The Bereans Search the Scriptures. And I'll read verses 10 and 11. As soon as it was night, the brothers and sisters sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. Upon arrival, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. The people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. The reason I share this is because it's important for us to search the scriptures and make sure that what we are receiving is aligned with that. And they did this daily, and that just comes back to getting into the word, right? So get into the word. And it's not just so that you can study it and know it, though that is like the main reason, right? Because God reveals himself to us through scriptures, but also so that when you're out here living in the world, it will help you to be more discerning. And then the last thing I wanted to leave you with this encouragement is seek wise counsel. Go to your pastor, your husband, if he's rooted in the word, a spiritual mother or other sisters in Christ, maybe your life group or your Bible study group. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20, and this is the verse right before um, the one I read before. It says, listen to counsel and receive instructions so that you may be wiser in life. The verse immediately after that says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Seek wise counsel, meaning don't lean on what you think to be true don't just leave it at your understanding of things. Ask others to weigh in. Ask others to offer their knowledge, their, you know, maybe expertise in reading scripture if it's your pastor, right? If you have someone in your life who has taken their education to another level, right? Maybe you can ask them to to shed some light on what they might be hearing and understanding from a scripture passage that you're reading. And also whatever advice that you might get from other people. And I'm going to talk about relationships in a series that we're going to do coming up. But um, sometimes the relationship advice that we get is not biblical at all. It's not helpful. And it actually leads us into sin. So you always want to check what you're receiving from other people against scripture. And if you don't understand what scripture is saying or you don't know where to look, seek that wise counsel. So it all layers on top of each other, right? Um, if you are looking for a small community, you can join me on the inside of the Facebook group, which is found at herrenewstrength.com forward slash community. And another thing I wanted to point you to is the Firm Foundations course that I had created last year. This is a completely free mini course that you get access to when you sign up and it's designed to help you build on the unshakable truth of who you are, your purpose and calling in Christ, not the world's idea of purpose or identity or calling, none of that. It's all biblical. So you can head to herrenewstrength.com, click on courses at the top 
and it'll take you to a teachable website, teachable.com. It'll be the Her Renew Strength School. And um, you just enroll. It's, you know, got a lot of like scripture scavenger hunts. I share a lot of this in more detail. It's, a, it's like probably three, four hours long if you work through it in a day with some Bible study in there too. So hopefully that's helpful to you. I'm thankful for your attention if you've stuck with me through the end of this. And I hope to see you on the inside of the Facebook group. And if not, I'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye. Hey, sister girl, if you love today's episode, the best way you can show love and support is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. This helps other Christian women who want that same support and valuable content actually find the show. Oh, and if you're ready for more and you want to learn about free group Bible study, upcoming events, free courses, and other services, head to HerRenewedStrength.com and subscribe to the weekly newsletter to become an insider. You'll get my weekly top five extra tips and bonuses. I'll see you on the inside.